On today's episode, we're talking about reality versus unmet expectations. You know what I'm talking about, mamas, when we think the kids would call home more often, and they don't. They should behave better in public, but they didn't. Or I shouldn't have to ask the kids to wash the dishes, and yet you do. And I surely thought that by the time my kid was 12, I would have lost all the baby fat. Steps to finding contentment in a dissatisfied world. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Do any of you guys ever wake up and you're like, oh, I feel so discontent today. There are days I think motherhood shouldn't feel like this. Why is life so hard? Growing up, I lived on the lake and I would swing on the back porch for miles, singing every Tina Turner song that was ever made. Simply the best. What's love got to do with it? (laughs) I was going to be Tina Turner's backup singer. I gave it my all every day. Till I would swing so high that it felt like my toes would touch the roof. I loved Tina Turner, and I put everything into it. I was going to be ready when she called me that day to say, Girl, you are the one. (laughs) We're going to do this. I was ready. I had put in the time. But you know what? She never called. It was so weird. She couldn't find me in my little town of 2,000 people living on the banks of the Alabama River. (laughs) (laughs) And my expectations of what my life was going to be like and the big dream of being Tina Turner's backup singer was epic, but it never came. On today's episode, we're talking about unmet expectations versus reality, where everything is just like runs smoothly and life is grand. Or do you feel like sometimes like me where your discontentment meter is broken? All these things that you thought were going to be easy or fun or effortless was exactly the opposite. Life can get that way sometimes, especially for me when I thought, oh, having kids was going to be so easy, so great. I'm going to stop this corporate, get off the corporate ladder of life, and I'm going to go home and I'm going to teach these kids and they're going to just think I'm the coolest thing in the world. Going into Target felt like it was moving. You know, if you left a diaper or a passy, or you're just so desperate, you want to go and during nap time, which is the biggest sin there is. (laughs) What was I thinking? You get into Target and the kids, it's just like they just fall to the ground screaming and everybody's attention is focused on you and how terrible of a mom you must be. Or at least, can you take them to the car? I mean... There, it's, the sound is hurting my ears. You just grab guilt out of the sky and shame and all the things like, oh, I am a terrible mom. I'm a terrible something. And instead of seeing it for what it is, look, we were desperate. We took them during nap time. It's going to happen. I feel that way sometimes when I go to Target or Walmart or somewhere I don't want to be. You know, if I acted like that in public, I mean, I would probably end up in jail. <laughs> so we are so hard on ourselves. We create these expectations at times that are just not feasible. Today, I was talking to a lady, and she said that she ended up in Chicago 
only because she followed a boyfriend and it didn't work out. And her expectations were that it was just going to be this life, you know, in her head of just the best story ever. And it just kind of went, you know, it dropped on deaf ears. It just really stunk. She had to go back and tell it didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. But we were laughing about how sometimes things like this happen in our lives to get us to the next step or make us stronger or there's something like waiting, the waiting place. We think it's a waste of time, but we can't negate these places because the waiting place is a place where we learn and we create margin in our lives and we figure out what we like and we don't like, what's working and what's not working. We sideline our life like a rest stop. It's a respite, a place to breathe and just take it all in. For me, it's high expectations versus reality. We're going to go with the flow. Kids puked all the way to the Florida beaches. And then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, the kids, I'm going to put a movie on or I'm going to have like the most incredible books for them to read. And they'll all be in matching outfits all the way to the beach, enjoying themselves (laughs) and reading and being quiet. And it's exactly not that at all. And I'm thinking, why did I have such high expectations, you know, that we were going to get to the beach and I thought it was going to be vacation. When you've got little kids, you're just wiping butts in a different, with a different view, right? <laughs> yeah, we take these kids on vacation and we think, oh, it's going to be a vacation for us. Nothing has changed except you actually get to see the ocean for a minute. <laughs> you're hauling all the toys and doing all the things and you're just going, oh, I need a vacation from a vacation. Today, we're talking about high expectations versus reality. If we can see it for what it really is, that it's like six squirrels living in our house, because they do. But people are going to, you know, kids are going to fight. I mean, you know, we went to the Dream Center, and my kids, they seemed to be doing great. And, you know, they were volunteering in the back. And the lady was like, you guys are so amazing. I've never had a family that's just so well disciplined and behaved and blah, blah, blah. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this will be a first, but I was like, oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, we try to, and as soon as I did that, I could look in the back and could see in the corner of my eye, the kids were full on like in a dog pile wrestling each other. It started with somebody, you know, pulling somebody's hair and then they just went into death con five, you know, on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, could you just act like somebody just so I could get a couple of gold stars for a minute for the love of God. <laughs> I'm just reminding you today, like I'm reminding myself, that it's easy to have these high expectations and it's just such a letdown when it doesn't happen. We're really setting ourselves up for failure because when you don't, when we have these high expectations or any expectations that are unmet, it's just, it just creates disappointment. You know, it's been one of my goals to help other moms to connect and laugh and relate and discuss and empower one another through authenticity, through vulnerability and intentional living. I mean, for me, I live for those moments when moms realize the guilt and perfection and comparison traps. They're counterfeit options to grace and progress and contentment. You know, when moms recognize that vulnerability does not have to be a sign of weakness, but a platform for change. But there are times when I feel like I'm discontent, Just because of the expectations that were set so high, thinking it would be this way, it would be this Pinterest moment, 
that I was trying to create an extraordinary life when the extraordinary part of life is really in the ordinary part of life. So when I looked at other moms that seemed like they had it all together, I began to compare. I looked left and right, and from that moment on, my contentment meter, it felt broken. It always felt like there was a dangling carrot to life. You know, it was just beyond my reach. How could other people go to Target and have their makeup look like they had just come out of Neiman Marcus? It looked like I had been through a sandstorm, you know, (laughs) with black mascara under my eyes. So then I was living in this constant state of questioning, you know, is my house big enough or the corporate title, was it impressive enough? I, I had this pie in the sky mentality. It just felt like everywhere I turned, the grass was greener somewhere else. Life was just never good enough because I couldn't even determine what good enough was. (laughs) I could not even define it myself. So discontentment, it just settled in like this cozy little blanket. A nice little crisp day, you got your turtleneck on or your favorite football sweatshirt. (laughs) And I gave the very weed that I was trying to uproot the best spot in my garden. And that's when I knew that my contentment meter, it was off kilter. I sought what I couldn't have, I chased what I didn't need, all to keep up with this status quo. And who was I trying to impress and why? There was an article written by Dr. Juliana Brines, and she wrote, it was the perils of comparing ourselves to others. She said, when we compare ourselves to others, we're dividing comparisons into two categories, either upward or downward. The downward comparison involves comparing yourself to someone you perceive as worse off than yourself. And then the upward involves comparing yourself to someone you perceive as better off. Putting someone above us or we're throwing them under the bus, right? I would never do that. I can't believe she does that. And then about three years later, (laughs) when you've forgotten about all that judgment, it comes down on you. So, And I remember it every single time. And it was mostly in like a Target where you're like, oh my gosh, Why did they come in here during nap time? They know better. What were they thinking? And then you're all desperate and you're in there with all the kids and you just needed one thing. So we either throw them under the bus or we we throw ourselves under the bus. We've got to stop doing that, mama. We have got to stop comparing. So what I want you to do, number one, is when you see that you're, you're comparing or judging someone, immediately be like, Lord, forgive me and just pray for that person. Just immediately pray for them. And when you go to compare, when you start turning your head left, oh my goodness, stop doing it. Or you turn your head right up to see what everybody else is doing. Am I on par with them? Don't do it. Stay steadfast. There's a scripture in Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet to be steadfast in all ways. Do not turn right or left, but keep your foot from evil. Woo, isn't that a good one? See, if we just look straight ahead, we're not looking, caring about what everybody else is doing or judging what everybody else is doing, but we keep our eyes focused on the prize. In high school, you're in driver's ed as a kid. Whatever you look at is where you're focused, and that's where the steering wheel is going to go. If you're looking at the tree, if you're looking at the road, that's where you're headed. Let's keep our eyes steadfast on him straight ahead. No looking left and right, mama, okay? See, contentment is a state of being satisfied. It's a state, right? It's a place. It's not an estate, meaning that if I have a bigger house or a fancier car or something that will create 
You know, if my kids didn't have some special needs or if my kids weren't so loud or they didn't have this type of personality, then we would have a happier, quieter, whatever life. Eh, Wrong answer. You get what you get. How you roll with the punches and how you fall and get back up. I mean, that's the ooey-gooey goodness of life's journey. There's so much goodness in the middle. This is what we got. We're going to work with it. John 8, 32, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, comparing, it denies your originality. It denies God's true calling for your life. You know, in the words of Sandra Stanley, she wrote comparison traps. Celebrate what God gave others and leverage what God has given you. See, we don't have to prove anything to anybody. The station that God has placed you in right here and now You've got all the resources to pull it off. With God, with Christ, you can do anything. Whether you were born under chaotic circumstances, whether you were adopted or fostered or, I don't know, conceived by in vitro, you were planned or an oopsie-daisy, rest in the fact that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. See, girl, Ephesians 2.10 says, God created you as a masterpiece to do great things. You are not lacking. You've got everything you need, girl right here in this moment. Stop comparing the whole looking of the left and right. Instead, be focused on the goodness. Make a list of all the greatness in your life. It's easy to go, oh, all this is wrong. I had my to-do list and I only did two things today out of 16 and one of them I failed at. Or you go to a parent-teacher conference and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it was yesterday. And you're like, You just walk out of there and you feel like you're two inches tall and you're like, I'm the worst mother. Why don't we go to that? Instead, be like, you know what? I was here. I messed up. I'm going to give myself grace. Hey, teacher, do you have anything to say? You know, (laughs) we dressed up. I made it here. Like, hey, I'm awesome. Obviously, I care. (laughs) Winning. We've got a mom who cares. Woohoo. You know, booyah. All right. (laughs) We've got to start looking to the goodness. Yes, it's a mess in the middle. I mean, that's the way it works. It's it's just life. There's sin in the world. There's fat cells. There's there's weight gain. There's hormone imbalances. There's teenagers who roll their eyes. Life is life, but there's still goodness in it. You know, when the kids are sitting there rolling their eyes, they're still downstairs because they don't want to miss out on anything. They're still down there waiting to see what's happening. They're still watching you to see how you rise, how you fall, how you take risks, how you're going to lean in and love harder when they're prickly at times. Sometimes it feels like you're hugging a porcupine. (laughs) But we're going to lean in and love harder, right? Unconditional love. So number one, don't look left and right. Stay steadfast ahead on the mission. Discontentment is created when we start looking to others to see left and right what they're doing. We start comparing. That's where discontentment is created because suddenly, instead of being focused on the prize, we've decided instead of it being a state of mind, it's become an estate. And then it's what colleges did your kids get into and the colleges mine didn't get into. Are they in a, some kind of like sorority and mine didn't make it? You have a cool job or a better car or whatever it is. It's like, hey, but I'm debt free. You know, I I don't know what your circumstances are, but I'm debt free. (laughs) I am not comparing my life, my kids, my status, my anything 
to you. I'm only competing against myself to be a better version of who I was yesterday, who I was five minutes ago. Number two, knowing that you are enough, that God created you as a masterpiece to do great things. Girl, in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 7, it says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. You brought nothing into this world and you'll take nothing out of it. So who cares if you have that minivan that's always dirty and full of chicken nuggets or the SUV that's always got, you know, stinky socks and shoes in it? Who cares? You are living the dream. Just grasp it, girl. Hang on for dear life. You're living the dream. I mean, can you really even trust anybody that that doesn't have a car like that? (laughs) In this stage of your life? Come on. Here's the thing. Life is messy. It just is. You can't get around that. You can't get over it, around it, under it, through it. It just is. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, it says, I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, insert all the crazy in your life, right? I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not all things through Sarah and Melissa and Jennifer. It's not. It's through Christ who gives me strength. You partner with him, and girl, you've got the goods. Contentment, you're just throwing it all day long into your life. Contentment is key. God is reminding us through this scripture that we have everything we need inside of us. Our identity is in him. We don't need to outrank one another to be content. So number three, we've got to stop hustling for our worth. You know, we've got to walk in our truth knowing that God, the God who created us, who made us for greatness, we're unique as the one and only. We've got to drop the striving and the straining and just rest in him. You don't have to prove your place. You were put here on this earth for this moment in time, for those kids, for this life. You get to write your own story. I just want to remind you that you compete with no one because God made you an original. Look, you are a mess, but you're also a masterpiece. And I'm here to remind you that you have always been enough. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Until then, here's to living your best life.